ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, it's time for Below Grade Level. Listener, beware. You're in for a scare. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Below Grade Level, the show where we take the books that we read as children and read them as adults and ruin them. I'm one of your hosts, Jonathan Eaton, and with me as always are Becca Eaton. Hello. And Chris Oleski. Hello. How are you guys doing? Great. Good. <laughs> Same Z's. Good. Today, uh, our special guest, um, our last minute special guest on today's episode is our good friend, John Nagel. Hi! How are you doing? I'm hanging in there, dude. That's the that's the appropriate response. Yeah, it's like I don't know what day it is. <laughs> no, no one does. <laughs> it's, it's, it could be Monday again for all I know. Yeah. It probably is. <laughs> it's quarantine day. Yeah. It's the yeah. day that we're in quarantine, just like yesterday was it's and just today. like it always will be. You guys are the first per- people I've seen in a while that aren't my mom or my aunt. Oh, good. So, thank you. Yeah. Well, you're welcome. Okay. Yeah, I uh, I was just thinking, like, even as we were talking earlier about doing this, I was like, I can't believe it's, we've been doing this for, like, what, five months, six months? How long has it been in quarantine? Uh, like, eight years, man. <laughs> oh, God, it's been ten years. Uh, oh, my God, it's been five fucking months? Yeah. Yeah. March was it's three August. years ago. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I was like, I can't believe we haven't done anything with John yet. Because um, uh, you're very funny. Uh, oh, you're, thank you're, you're, you're And you're a fun guy. And, uh, and I've been wanting to have you on this show for a while. So um, I'm excited to be here, man. Yay, good. Um, and... I was just thinking we should ask him the question we ask every oh, guest, yes. which is, have you ever read a Fear Street before? Yes. Um, I think I read one. I know I read a bunch of Goosebumps. So I you're read, familiar uh, with R.L. Stein. I am, I, am, I am familiar with the canon of one R.L. Stein. Um, and I also had like a bunch should, of. We should call it the carton of R.L. Stein. <laughs> I the also carton. had a but I also had a couple of his joke books for some reason. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. He wrote joke books. This, this Googling. Is, this is news to us. Becca just grabbed her phone so hard to Google that she knocked shit off the table. <laughs> Eight of them are gonna show up at your house tomorrow. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I'll read that shit on this podcast. Um, what were his joke books like? Not good, dude. <laughs> I'm not. Su- um, I'm not surprised. One was called "How to Be Funny," and it oh. wasn't funny. But like, but, <laughs> were they spooky or yeah. just jokey? No, but they, they were. They were jokey. Well, because he wrote for Eureka's Castle. That's like on the back of every know. one of his books. He created it. The thing that I was most shocked by when I grew up was when I realized that R.L. Stein was a real person. And not like, just like I, a. I just assumed it was figment. like a heart, like a Franklin W. Dixon, C- Carolyn Keene <laughs> thing, where it's like, oh, a million people have written these. Yeah, well, that's the weird thing about R.L. Stein, and we've we've gotten into this before, but like the weird thing about R.L. Stein that's very different from like everything else that we've read is that like I don't think he had a ghostwriter. I think he wrote 
everything no. he did. Which is nuts, because he has a billion books, and everyone else had ghostwriters. And multiple times a year. Yeah. yeah. He has a book called Mary McScary. <laughs> is that like the junior version of Goosebumps? Mary McScary. I, like, the thing it's the I Irish re- Goosebumps. <laughs> the thing I remember most, though, about Goosebumps and like, Fear Street were like, yeah. the covers of Goosebumps were always amazing. Mm-hmm. And then I would read the story and I'd be like, mm-hmm. oh, that didn't, like, the cover. <laughs> like, yeah. oh That scene my was in the trailer, God. but it wasn't in the movie. <laughs> Basically, yeah. He has a joke book that's about computers. <laughs> Jovial Bob's computer joke book. Uh, I didn't have that one. I didn't have that one. I had... 1985. Oh, no! That's, <laughs> that's way older than I thought <laughs> it would be. Is $8 too much to spend on this? No, <laughs> I had the um. I had how to, <laughs> how to be funny. How to be funny. Well, how to be here's funny. the thing, John. You learned how to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know this wasn't why. Yeah, you don't know that you can't credit R.L. Stein with your success. <laughs> Damn it! I knew it! I knew it! It wasn't you, John Mulaney. It was it was R.L. Stein all along. <laughs> There's one about Thanks, dogs. Guys. I, I, I didn't mean I didn't need to go to therapy uh, this week. <laughs> I, 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 uh... <sighs> but yeah, I am. Um, but I quickly grew out of goosebumps when I realized that like nothing, like it didn't deliver. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When you realize nothing happened in them. My last comment okay. about the joke books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it says jovial Bob. Does R stand for Robert? Yes. Is his is his funny nickname for himself Jovial, Jovial Bob? Bob. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yep. I wow. was just thinking, how is it, lighthearted is it? Robert Louis Stein. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. Robert Laser Stein. <laughs> That's well, you awesome. You know how you know how all the kids use the word jovial. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big Absolutely. buzzword <laughs> in the thirties. <30s. laughs> um, Okay, so yeah, yeah, you grew out of them. Uh, Fear Street. You have a vague recollection of Fear Street. I well, they were like all in like one corner of a library, like yeah. Fear Street, Christopher Pike. Yeah. Oh, he keeps coming up on this show. We're gonna yeah. have to read him. A couple others, and they were always like, I never actually bought either uh, Goosebumps, Fear Street, or. Christopher Pike book, they were mm. always like donated to you. Like, uh, someone else was uh, just saying that too. A friend of your mom with I an older, Kelly. a friend of your mom with an older kid would yeah. be like, here, you know, Andy he is done with anymore. Andy is yeah. done with these. Yeah. You know, that's where we got a bunch of our Babysitters Club books was yes. from our slightly older yeah. female neighbors. Yeah, yeah, and I think that same thing. And then that and the Smith College book sale, I never bought any of these books new. Yeah. I remember one of those scholastic book fairs and I bought a book because it had a cat on it. And in retrospect, it was a weird book to buy because it was about a cat during Blitzkrieg. (laughs) I think it was called Blitzcat or something like that. I don't think I ever read it. Blitzcat was my punk band in college. (laughs) Blitzcat. 
Blitz Cat. That's, ama- that's amazing. Cat. You know, one, Holy um, shit. Yeah, I would, I would read that book. I don't know if I've told... I, I, I feel like I've told this story before on one of our podcasts, but it just reminds me of my comic that I made called Hitler Kitty. Uh, I made a comic about a, a cat who accidentally time travels back to uh, Germany in the uh, you know World War II and uh, meets Hitler, and then Hitler adopts the cat and changes his ways. And it's a joke. I feel like that's not necessary to say, but uh, I was at a, I think, SPX, uh, a comic convention one year, selling books, and I had Hitler Kitty uh, on display. And a very old gentleman uh, came up, and I don't think he even picked it up. I think he just looked at it, and all he said to me was, you know, when I was a kid, there were two types of people who had tattoos. Biker dudes, and then Jewish people. And I was like, <laughs> all right. Like, Yikes. high-roaded, I guess. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, it was a sobering moment, for sure. Yeah, I'm just like, you didn't even look at it, man. Hmm. It's a joke. It's about keeping that from happening. <laughs> I think... Oh, yeah. man. But anyway, we should get yeah. into uh, we should get into the book. Um, okay, so, Fear Street. We are finishing Fear Street number one, The New Girl. Um, to briefly recap what has happened so far and what happened last time. I'm just showing you the cover of yeah. Blitzcat. Blitzcat. Holy yeah. shit. That's a book. Show them. Here's the book, guys. It's called Blitzcat. Blitzcat. I was like, kitty. <laughs> Look at that cat. You were like, kitty. Now look, what's on his... It says Lord... What? Lord Gort? Lord Gort? What does that say? Lord Gort. It says something on his name Yeah, tag. that's what it says. Right? Maybe that was his name. Lord Gort. Blitzcat. Lord Gort. Um, so, last time... <laughs> See a fear, cat. Fear streaks. <laughs> uh, our main character, Corey, who is a gymnast... Uh, is in love with a girl named Anna, who is probably a ghost. Um, his best friend Lisa is definitely in love with him, and he's an idiot and doesn't know it. So far throughout the book has mostly just been Corey being obsessed with Anna, people telling Corey that Anna's dead, <laughs> Corey continuing to be obsessed with Anna, trying to find out more about her other than the fact that she's dead, and all he keeps coming up with is that she's dead. Then she, uh, Anna uh, made out with him so hard that he bled, and he liked it a lot and wanted to make out with her again. Last time on Fear Street, uh, let's see. Uh, Lisa asked Corey to the dance. He said yes. Then Anna asked Corey to the dance. And he said no, because Lisa had already asked him. And then Anna, no. And then Lisa found a, like, brutally murdered dead cat in her locker with a note that said, You're dead too. Um, which was spooky. Then they went to the dance, got to a gigantic fight about Anna at the dance, obviously, because I'm pretty sure at the dance, Corey was just like, hey, Lisa, do you think Anna's okay? (laughs) (laughs) Just did that bullshit. Lisa ran off. Corey heard a scream, went to go find out what what it was. Lisa had been pushed down the steps by who they assume is Brad, Anna's brother. Uh, They tried to search around the school for him. Some hijinks ensued. And then the last time we left off in a cliffhanger, they were cornered by a man. Who is Brad? I'm hoping for like a Chinatown ending. Like, <clears throat> sorry, Lisa, it's Fear Street. <laughs> Brad's her sister and her brother. <laughs> your sister, your brother. Um, that's all I remember from that movie. Just, I never saw it, but know. I have heard people say that before. Yeah. It's um, pretty great. 
So, we start with chapter 19. Brad stepped back into the darkness, but they had already seen his face. You know, the, the round, weird face that Corey kept describing how weird and round it was. Oh yeah, maybe it's a mask. Oh. Oh. That would be weird. Yeah, right. it would be. Okay. Surprisingly, he looked more frightened than they did. Maybe he had just seen a ghost, his sister. <laughs> he started toward them, pulling the parka hood back up over his head as if he could hide inside it. Pull. Is it a magic okay. parka? I mean, so like, like Kenny from South Park, right? We've all been there. <laughs> We've all, yeah. <laughs> Corey and Lisa stepped back toward the tall windows. Lisa backed into a music stand, sending it toppling to the floor. The loud crash made Those them both loud. cry out, startled! Ah! Brad stopped halfway <laughs> into the room. His eyes were darting from side to side. He seemed unable to decide what to do next. There weren't any stairs around to push anyone down. He muttered something under his breath. Corey could only hear the last word. Mistake. Brad said it again. Again, Corey could only hear. Mistake. Maybe he was only saying the word mistake. <laughs> was Brad threatening them? Was he warning them not to come after him? They couldn't tell. They couldn't hear him. Brad stood staring at them, his tiny black eyes wide in panic. Inside the parka, his forehead was covered with large beads of perspiration. His face was bright red. So, okay, it's probably not a mask. If Sorry. He could, you know, change, it. change face colors. <laughs> Suddenly, he turned and, without saying another word, fled from the room. Corey pulled away from Lisa's frightened grip and ran after him. But Brad slammed the door hard before Corey could get there, and then Corey and Lisa heard a loud bang. Hey, Lisa yelled. Corey tried the knob. He tried it again. Again! He tried pulling. Then pushing. He's stupid. He turned to her, looking very worried. He tried all the ways to open the door. <laughs> pushing, pulling. Kicking. Pushing again. <laughs> First he tried running full speed into it, and that didn't work. It won't turn. He must have shoved something against the door. Are you sure? Maybe you're pushing when you should be pulling. <laughs> you want to try it? Corey snapped. We've all been there, right, ladies? <laughs> hey <-o>. she, slumped... <laughs> she slumped out on a folding chair and gently rubbed her ankle. No, guess I'll take your word for it. Was that Anna's brother? Yeah. Are we going to call the police when we get out of here? If we get out of here, she added. Oh, wait. If we get out of here, she added, just to show that she could still be her usual sarcastic self. It was I read the line wrong. I don't know, Corey said, trying the door again without success. Oh, Corey. Oh, Corey. Stick to gymnastics. I, I think I'd like to talk to Anna first. She might be in danger. If we send the police after Brad, there's no telling what he might do to Anna. Let's just get out of here, Lisa said wearily. We're all weary, Lisa. <laughs> Lisa, we're all sick of this shit. How are we... Oh, I know. Call Harwood. He and that girl are probably still making out across the hall, right? Oh, that was the wrong voice. Corey shrugged. He put his face <laughs> against the door and yelled. Oh, hey, God. Harwood, let us out of here. Harwood. No response. He tried again, louder, still no reply. Oh, how stupid, babe, Lisa said. <laughs> Stop yelling. No one can hear. This is the music room. Everything is soundproof, babe. 
Corey stood staring at the doorknob for a few seconds. Then he turned, ran to the window, and pulled up the metal blinds. I was going to say, doesn't the, the room have a parking window? Lot. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a clear night. The rows of cars reflected the bright parking lot pole lights. Hey, look! Corey yelled. Ah, uh, the page moved. <laughs> Brad was running to a small car on the edge of the lot. Corey watched him climb into the car and speed away, his tires squealing on the asphalt. Man, that guy runs fast if he was already at his car. <laughs> Jesus. Come on, let's get out of here, Corey said. He unlocked one of the windows and pulled it all the way open. But we're two stories up, babe. Lisa protested. <laughs> Corey stuck his head out the window and leaned way out. A few seconds later, he pulled it back in. No problem, he said, grinning. I'm a gymnast, remember? Oh, the, the whole Christ. reason Check he was a gymnast was just for this scene. Arlstein started with this scene and then wrote the rest of the book. <laughs> what if he's like, don't worry, I'm a gymnast, thud. <laughs> that's, that's my new opening line on Bumble and Tinder. I'm a gymnast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a gymnast, remember? <laughs> oh my god. Uh-oh, babe. I don't like that smile on your face. Are you going into your Tarzan act now, babe? Yeah, he said, scratching himself and nodding his head like Char- Tarzan's chimp. Because... The chimps known Nods for nodding. Yeah. Uh, sure. Oh. Sure. I thought chimps were known for smoking cigarettes. Mr. Teeny. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't exactly feel like Jane, Lisa said, wincing in pain as she tried to put weight on her ankle. No problem. I'll come back for you, Corey said. What are you going to do? There's a three-inch ledge that runs under the windows. I'm going to walk that ledge to the sycamore tree. Then climb down onto that extending branch, <laughs> then slide down the trunk. Dude, you you, you just thought this up? Like, you've been planning this. Yeah. Maybe we should just stay here until they open school Monday morning, Lisa said. Thanks for the encouragement, Corey said, looking down at the narrow granite ledge. We she could wants s- to make out with you for a weekend, Corey. <laughs> Come on, dude. And what, piss in the trash can together? Yeah, it's hot. <laughs> they can make sweet some, music together. Some people are into water sports, Becca. I don't know what to tell you. Um, oh, God. <laughs> we could sit. We could sit back, relax, and watch my ankle swell. Lisa suggested, hobbling over to the window, taking Corey's hand and pulling it back from the window. Dude, you said window twice. Uh, no problem, Corey told her, pulling away. He lifted a leg over the window and started to ease himself out onto the ledge. Really, no problem. I could do this blindfolded. Lisa moved away from the window, plopped down into a chair, and put her ankle up on the attached desk. She couldn't bear to watch. Corey had both feet on the ledge now. He was still holding on to the bottom window frame. He looked to his left. He had to move like ten feet or so, and then he would be at the tree. He carefully looked around so that he was facing the window. He took a sideways step. Hey, it's slippery. <laughs> oh, great, Lisa, <sighs> Lisa called, rubbing her sore ankle. Get back in here. Riveting. Oh, my God. <laughs> R- so, yeah, riveting. <laughs> oh, shit. <clears throat> no, I'm... Wait, we're doing Nicolas Cage for him, kind of. Uh-huh. No, oh, I'm yeah. out of here, I- he said, but he... But he didn't sound quite as confident as he had a few seconds before. He had to let go of the window frame to take a second step. That meant he was now pressing against the solid brick. 
Moving slowly, carefully, his palms pressed against the brick wall, he took another sideways step, then another. To his dismay, the ledge suddenly narrowed. He had to stand on tiptoe to stay on it. But standing on tiptoe made it harder to balance. Obviously. Riveting! That one <laughs> does. He realized he'd been holding his breath the whole time. He exhaled and took a deep breath. He turned his head and he looked back over his shoulder at the tree. The tree, the tree seemed farther away than it had from inside the building. And as he edged himself closer, he realized that the branch he planned to climb on wasn't as close to the ledge as it had originally appeared. In fact, it was at least four feet away, maybe farther. Maybe, he thought, this was a bad plan. <laughs> he was just realizing that he'd never be able to reach the tree branch when his right foot slid off the slippery ledge and he started to fall. I'm gonna go ahead and just do this next one. Okay. It's... Chapter 20! Using his gymnastic reflexes like a gymnastic cat, Corey reached up as he started to drop and grab the ledge as he would a parallel bar he missed. <laughs> That's exactly how he would grab one, because yeah. he seems to be really fucking bad at gymnastics. I was going to say, he's not that great. His hand slid off the whetstone ledge, and he continued to drop. Was it raining? What? No, no. He continued to drop, his body sliding straight down against the brick wall. God. Ugh. Uh, he got road rash from the wall. Hey! His feet hit a ledge on the first floor, and instinctively, he dived forward, falling through an open window. He landed hard on his hands and knees on a wood floor. It took him what seemed forever to catch his breath. What? Then he slowly God. got up to his knees and looked around the dark room. He recognized it immediately. He had fallen. 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 He'd fallen into the wood shop. I'll have to think, whoever left that window open, he said aloud to himself. He stood up and stretched and tested his body. Pina's still there. He seemed okay, except that he still had that feeling that he was falling. Remembering Lisa, he hurried out of the shop and into the hallway. I'm so glad he remembered her. <laughs> I really thought he was just gonna like take off. <laughs> yeah, I you don't know yet. <laughs> he could hear the drum rhythms from the music in the gym echoing down the tiled corridor. He turned and took the steps two at a time and ran into the music room. He saw the hall or to the music room. He saw the hall monitor's desk had been jammed against the door. It was heavy, but he shoved it aside. Hall Ooh. monitors get a desk. I know, right? Like, like. Like they're off. They're clocking in. <laughs> well, on TV, it like was... <laughs> on TV, like they have uniforms and stuff, and they never yeah, had that. Like much. sashes. Yeah, like. Yeah. I, I don't mean... think we had hall monitors in high school. We I... just, we had nothing. I, think... I went to Taco Bell all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it was heavy, but he shoved it aside and opened the door to the music room. That was quick, Lisa said. She was still slumping in the chair with her ankle up on the desk. I took a shortcut, he said. A half hour later, they were sitting on the low couch in her living room. Lisa propped her swollen ankle up on the coffee table and settled back comfortably against the cushions. Some adventure, Corey said dejectedly. Why? Okay. He was thinking, he was thinking about Brad and Anna. Poor Anna. Some first date, she said, staring straight ahead at her ankle. I'm really sorry, I... No, I'm sorry, he said. 
She leaned forward suddenly and started to kiss him. A soft, tentative kiss. Uh, About goddamn time. (laughs) The phone beside the couch rang. They both jumped back. She picked it up quickly, pushing her hair away from her face with her free hand. <laughs> I, gonna, I thought it was going to be like, she ripped the phone cord out of the wall. <laughs> no interruptions. <laughs> hello? She heard breathing at the other end. Hello? Hello? Who is it? Corey asked her. She shrugged. Hello? More breathing. Harsh, rhythmic breathing. Meant to sound threatening. Ooh. Oh, I fucked something up. <clears throat> oh, no. What did I do? What happened? I don't know. You went, you went back a page. I fucked it up. There we go. There we go. There. Oh, it's, it's very Why jumpy. are you doing this to me, babe? Lisa cried. <laughs> the phone went dead. Lisa tossed down the receiver. Her hands were shaking, but she looked more angry than frightened. This has got to stop, babe, she cried. <laughs> Corey moved across the couch, intending to comfort her, but she pulled away from him. We've got to call the police, babe, Lisa said. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I'm sorry, so let me talk like... to Anna first. I'll go see her first thing in the morning. But Brad will be there, won't he, babe? I don't care. I'm not afraid of Brad. I'll get to Anna, and I'll make Anna tell me what's going on. And I'll tell Anna that we have no choice. We have to steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> we have to report Brad to the police. Ouch. She dropped back down to the couch and started rubbing her ankle. Hey, some date. I really know how to show a guy a good time, don't I, babe? What? Stop uh, apologizing, Lisa. Lisa. Jesus fucking Christ. Lisa, come on. <laughs> Have some self-respect. At least it wasn't boring, he said, forcing a laugh. He got up and started for the door. Sure you'll be okay? I just realized I just sound like Millhouse's dad. Oh my god. Can I borrow a oh, feeling. feeling. <laughs> Leave the mutual of love. I should have worn my mask. I know. <laughs> yeah, sure. Call me right after you talk to her tomorrow. You hear, babe? Right. Don't worry. Good luck tomorrow. Thanks. I'll need it. <laughs> and he starts strapping on guns. <laughs> Go take oh, down Brad. Chris, Chris, you're gonna Oops. kill me with uh, the Dennis Miller voice, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> It's like referencing the annexation of Puerto Rico, babe. You didn't think I would get that, babe? Uh, oh! Um, I don't understand. He turned tur- the car onto Fear Street. We have a title. Like, that's the franchise. Cruised along, cruised along block, and this time pulled right up the gravel drive to the Corwin house. He had never seen the house in daylight. It looked even shabbier, with a bright sun beaming down on its faded shingles and falling gutters. Rude. His parents had wondered. His parents had wondered where he was going so early on a Sunday morning. Teenagers, am I right? Probably he, the he church. Had told, he had told them he was going to a special gymnastics team workout. He didn't like lying to them, especially when it was such a feeble lie. No wonder he, he doesn't like the neighbor girl. But he couldn't very well tell them he was driving to Fear Street. We have a title. <laughs> find out why a, why a girl's brother was terrorizing him and Lisa and had tried to kill Lisa. Dude. And also why structure. she's a ghost. Why she's, has that taken a back seat? He has never cared. Not once this book has he been like, she's a ghost. He's just been like, 
I don't know. I don't know what Brad's problem Look. is. <laughs> Look, I'm not I'm not expecting like the gorgeous pro pros of Fitzgerald here, but Jesus <laughs> Christ, dude. You're you're you you ah. Uh. <laughs> it's gonna get he worse. Didn't really, he didn't really know what he'd do if Brad answered the door. He'd been up most of the night thinking about thinking about it, but he hadn't been able to come up with a plan. All night he'd been thinking about he had been trying to sort out his feelings out about Anna. He felt angry at himself for becoming involved with her and his and her sick, crazy brother. <laughs> Get Yet he also felt sorry for her. And he was writing for her. And... And... He was still terribly attracted to her. To her old-fashioned prettiness. Rude. To her teasing sexiness. Gross. To her... Dif... Differ... Differ differentness. 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 Is that a differentness. word? Sure. She's different. It's a Steinism. She's a ghost. That's 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 an insult. If you say that about someone, like she's different, that's not. Good. <laughs> All these weeks he had spent thinking of nothing but Anna, and still to this very moment she was a complete mystery to him. Well, no more. He was about to unravel the mystery. <laughs> Am I right? All of the mysteries. The Am I right? He wasn't <laughs> going to leave until his every question was answered. He knocked loudly on the door. No response. He waited a while, ignoring the pounding in his chest and the impulse to run as far from this house as he could. He raised his fist and pounded again. Silence. He knocked again, harder, then again. He waited. There wasn't a sound inside the house. This is the page where he knocks. I am the one who knocks, he said. <laughs> More angry than disappointed, Corey turned and started back to the car. Uh, yes. Morning! <laughs> it was the strange neighbor. He was leaning on the hood of Corey's car. He was wearing the same rain slicker and white tennis hat, even though it was bright, sunny morning. Voltaire, the big Doberman, was at his side. Corey jumped back, then was relieved to see that the dog was on a leash. Don't ever see you much in the daytime, the man said, grinning at Corey. Not exactly a friendly grin, but a more pleasant expression than Corey had ever seen on him. <laughs> Guess not, Corey said, slowly walking to the car. They're not home, the man said, pointing to the house. Left early this morning. Oh, Corey said, know where they went? The man seemed offended by the question. <laughs> I'm no snoop, he said curtly. You seem to know a lot about them, Corey said. The man looked at him thoughtfully. Can't help but notice some things when you're a neighbor, he said finally. <laughs> it's not creepy at all. Yeah. You seem like an all right young man. The compliment startled Corey. And me. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> That's why I can't understand you're coming to visit them, he said pointedly. The dog barked. Okay, okay, Voltaire. <laughs> the man pulled himself the man pulled himself up from Corey's car. Was he on it? I wasn't paying attention. I think he was leaning on <laughs> it. Be, be seeing you, he said, giving Corey a wave as if they were old friends, and then trotted off to keep up with a, his pulling dog. Not if I see you first, Corey said under his breath. What does that mean? I don't know. Fucking ask him what he just meant by visiting them. <laughs> uh... 
Neither the old guy nor his dog seemed as threatening in the daytime, though. Just a snoopy neighbor out walking his dog day and night, trying to see what he can learn about the neighborhood. They're ghosts. Well, Corey had learned absolutely nothing. He took Obviously. one last... <laughs> yeah. That's the summary of this book. Corey <laughs> yes. learned absolutely nothing. <laughs> Despite repeatedly being told. <laughs> he took one last look at the old house, then dejectedly got back into his car. He had spent the whole night going over and over what he was going to say, and now there was no one to say any of it to. He spent the afternoon trying to do some homework. He was terribly behind. He called the Corwin's house every half hour. I love I love that like he thought long and hard about his plan, and he came up with, like, I'm just going to go over there. Yeah. <laughs> I'll he figure didn't it think out. Of, Oops, he, I didn't. He had no idea what to do if Brad answered the door, but he thought of what one thing to say to Anna, maybe. Yeah. All right. I'm going to find what out answers. Like, How? She answers I mean, the door and he's just like, sit on my face <laughs> and tell me that you need me. <laughs> <laughs> there was no one home all day or all evening. The next morning, feeling nervous and out of sorts, he drove to school early and waited by Anna's locker for her to show up. But she hadn't arrived when the bell rang and he went to his homeroom, disappointed again. He didn't catch up with her until after school. Then he ran into her by accident outside the biology lab. An important detail, maybe? Or a useless throwaway? <laughs> <laughs> she looked for a moment as if she didn't recognize him. Then her expression changed and she gave him a warm smile. Corey, hi. I, I've got to talk to you. I can't. I've got to go home and... He grabbed her arm. He wasn't sure why. He wasn't sure what he planned to do. Yes, we've been over this. <laughs> he just knew he wasn't going to let her get away. No, you're coming with me. I've got to talk to you. I'll take you home after. She didn't resist. She could see that he was serious, that he wouldn't take no for an answer. He the left his car in, in silence, <laughs> pulling her as if she were a captive, not letting go of her hand, as if she might slip away and disappear into thin air if he didn't hold on. He drove to the Division Street Mall. She played with the radio, pushing the buttons in order, listening to a station for ten seconds, then moving on to the next. All An important Beatles. detail, or needless as hell. <laughs> At the pizza oven, which is in capitals, so I'm assuming it's a chain. Not just I'm like interested a in what their oven. menu entails. Not just like the pizza oven in town. But he guided her restaurant. to a booth in the back. Ooh, they have booths. Ooh. <laughs> She slid in across from him, smiling uneasily, her eyes darting nervously to the front of the long, narrow restaurant if Brad found out she was in a pizza place. It was quiet. Only a few booths were filled. <laughs> most, most of the after-school crowd hadn't arrived yet. A waitress slouched over to them, cracking a Cracking her bubblegum noisily because she's a waitress, am I right? <laughs> uh, Corey ordered two cokes. Then he turned to Anna and took her hand. Tell me the truth about you and about Brad, he said, staring into her deep blue, mysteriously opaque eyes. I want to know what's going on. Everything. Her milky glaucoma eyes. <laughs> like a corpse's eyes. <laughs> She didn't question him. She seemed to know that she had no choice this time. Awesome. And, and once she started talking, she seemed eager to get the story out. Desperate to tell it to him. Relieved to finally have someone to tell it to. I moved here last month with my mother and Brad. She began, looking at Corey, then shifting her gaze to the front window of the restaurant. 
then back to Corey. My father left us. Oh! And then just disappeared several years ago. My mother is not well. She's very frail. Brad has always been the head of the family. Oh! What? About a buddy. It's Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> I took Chris's lead. About a year ago, she continued. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> About a year ago, she continued talking rapidly in her soft voice. Oh! Something terrible. Oh. Something terrible happened to Brad. He was in love with a girl named Emily. Emily was killed in the plane crash. She sat on a tuffet. Oh! It was just awful. And Brad never recorded from the shot. Oh! Plane crash? What do you mean, Corey asked? What do you mean? He lost his grip on... He lost his grip on reality. He just couldn't take Emily's death. Oh! <laughs> For a while, Emily was so... Still alive. We had a sister. Her name was Willa. Willa was a year older than me. Oh, she looked like me, but she was really beautiful. She was the true beauty of the family. <laughs> After Emily died, oh, Brad was very protective of Willa. <laughs> and me. He got very crazy. Very mixed up. He started... Oh, uh, God, what? He started... He started calling Willa <laughs> by the wrong... What? What the fuck is happening? Do they actually have another sister? Her imagine... Oh, 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 oh. I am confused. Okay. I was also confused. They had a sister named Willa. Mm -hmm. And Brad started imagining, imagining that Willa was Emily. Is Emily the dead one? Who was... Yeah, who's the dead one? He was in love. Who he was in love with and died in a plane crash. Gross. Sister? No. <laughs> what? Wait. <laughs> like we literally just read this and I I like it's it's none of it made any sense. Um. He, Brad, <clears throat> was. So he was in love. Okay. Brad was in love with a girl named Emily. Emily died in a plane crash. Brad uh -huh. went insane. Started imagining that his sister named Willa was Emily. Fuck. Yeah. Okay. okay. He got very... He got very crazy. Oh, I'm going to keep doing this. Very mixed up. He started calling Willa by the wrong name. He started calling her Emily. Soon after that, he started telling people that Willa was dead, even when she was standing right there in the room. Oh, we didn't know what to do with Brad. He was so mixed up. I said that a couple times. We tried to get him to go to a doctor, but he refused. Here's the cokes. Now, pay now, please. The waitress interrupted. Pay now, please? Pay now. You pay now. I didn't now. even order pizza. You pay now. Here's the cokes. Drink up and get the fuck out. We don't like your kind hey, of here, at least, ghost. At least, at least he paid that off, right? Right, yeah. He ordered two cokes and never showed up. Uh, I was wondering about that. I was like, what about the Cokes? Like, Where are the Cokes? It's been a while. I was thinking it's weird that they just order Cokes and then they'll come back to put in their pizza order. Like when you just order cocktails and then oh, you yeah. order a real dinner. <laughs> we're, uh, we're gonna but have it's a, just a teenagers buying pizza. A round of Cokes first, please. <clears throat> Corey pulled out his wallet and found two dollar bills. Anna 
tore the paper off the straw and greedily drank her coke almost to the bottom without taking a breath like a ghost. Go on, like please! Like the alien from Mac and Me. Corey urged. The story just gets worse, she said. A single large tear formed in each eye. Her <laughs> eyes looked like two blue lakes, Corey thought. Corey! There we go. Corey! Focus! What you are being told is insane. I just want to make out with And he's just so like, bad. your eyes. Oh. Brett kept confusing Willa and Emily. He kept saying Willa was dead. Then, one horrible day, it happened. Willa was killed. She fell down the basement stairs. Corey groaned aloud. How awful. Brad was at home at the time. He said it was an accident. Willa was carrying some clothes down to the basement and she just slipped and fell or something. But mom and I never believed him. We suspected that Brad had pushed Willa. First, you see, he was telling people that Willa was dead and then she really was dead. We were so frightened, we were terrified of Brad, of what he might do next. But we had no one else to support us. Dad left when we were little. He just took off. You know. <laughs> I don't want to read this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't this who? Okay, who 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 predicted this one? That no one. Well, obviously not this level of insanity. But, I didn't. But someone I said anyone... that that there was a sister that Brad killed, and that I Anna think this is all over. a red herring. You think this is all red hair? I thought that one of the sisters killed the other sister and then uh, assumed that sister's identity. Okay, all right. Look, Jonathan, I, you just have to, you just have to like trust where our all is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay. I think Anna is line. obviously lying okay. a lot right now. Mom was too sick to work and too proud to take welfare. Um. Um. We had no one but Brad, so what could we do? We had to believe his story that Willa's death was an accident. So then he moved to Shadyside, Corey asked? No, not yet. This was still last spring. Brad seemed better for a while, but then his mind became confused again. <laughs> he started telling people that I was dead. I was so scared I didn't know what to do. Was Brad going to kill me next? I was terrified every day. I don't believe this. I just don't believe it. I don't either, Corey. Corey said, either, Corey. offering her his Coke since she had finished hers. She took a long sip. Somehow, Mom got the strength to insist that we move. We moved here to Shadyside. We hoped the new surroundings would help snap Brad out of his shock, his confusion. Why would you move to the scariest street in town? Our to shock him out of it. Yeah. With more spooky things? Let's move next to the burned out mansion yeah. where the ghosts live. Yeah. It's, it's called the immersion therapy. Called <laughs> immersion therapy. <laughs> But it hasn't helped. He keeps telling people that I'm dead. And at the same time, he's terribly overprotective. He won't let me go out or have dates or anything. Some days he won't even let me go to school. So that explains it, Corey said, more to himself than to her. The dreadful details of her story were still spinning through his mind. This poor girl is living in a nightmare, he thought. I've got to find a way to help her. We've got to get Brad out of the house. But then he remembered something. Hey, wait a minute, he said. The newspaper. I don't know, the newspaper, the school records, everyone else yeah. saying she's dead. Uh, what? She looked as if she were dreading what he was about to say. I saw a newspaper clipping Thank you. from Melrose. <clears throat> it said that you were dead. It had a picture and everything. 
Oh, she flushed. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. Her, hand... <laughs> Her hands gripped the edge of the formica tabletop. She was thinking hard. She didn't seem to have an answer. Oh, yes, I remember that newspaper thing now, she said, her normal color returning. I guess I blocked it. Isn't it horrible? Can you imagine seeing your own obituary? Oh, hold on. Your own obituary in the newspaper? Brad claimed that the newspaper got it all wrong, but I think Brad just couldn't face Willa's death, and so he, th- so he told them it was me. Oh. Corey what? shook his head That doesn't disbelief. make sense. Corey, I'm so frightened all the time. (laughs) He's going to lean harder and harder. (laughs) Anna said, grabbing his hand in hers. Hold on, I'm going to talk. There we go, hold on. For those that can't see, I have a cigarette in my hand. And I'm moving my arm back and forth like Dice does. It's just going to sound worse. Oh, when he leans around, my arm isn't long enough. uh, Yeah, uh (laughs) yeah. All right. Uh, it's an audio medium, John. <laughs> I know, but still. <laughs> Corey, I'm so us? frightened all the time. I don't know what to think. Is Brad confusing me with Emily? Is he confusing me with Willa? Since he's telling people I'm dead, does it mean he plans to kill me too? I'm really scared. Especially now that my mother is visiting her sister. Brad and I are alone. Oh. Corey just stared back at her, at the soft tears forming along the rims of her beautiful eyes, at her golden hair. At the cigarette dangling out of her mouth. <laughs> he didn't know what to say. It was such a sad and frightening story. Suddenly, she leaned across the tabletop and pulled his face close to hers. She began to kiss him. Gently at first. Oh, then harder. Oh! Then, just as suddenly, she stopped and pulled back. Her face filled with horror. Corey turned around in the booth to see what she was looking at. There was Brad. Outside the front window, his face pressed to the glass. A look of fury on his face. Can I, can I just say something before I yeah. start reading? Oh, please. It's really pissing me off how he's repeating the same word twice in the sentence. It's face it's and constantly. face. Jesus face, Christ, window, window. That's what he's he does. He's gonna need I'm, that word count. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not expecting, like, you know, brilliance here, but Jesus. <laughs> You're not expecting uh, brilliance, but, like, bare minimum would be nice. Yeah. Cup. Competence. <laughs> the only thing that makes it young like, adult to the is wrong kissing podcast. and more pages. Like, like Tom Clancy, you know, competent. <laughs> I, I've, I've got to go. Oh, make sure you go see the Adventures of Ford Fairlane. Anna said, <laughs> her face filled with panic. She leapt from the booth and disappeared out, out the back door of the restaurant. Wait, is it in a mall? Yep. Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Martin, Corey turned to the front. Brad hadn't moved from the window. He was staring straight ahead at Corey, his face frozen in hatred, in rage. Can, do you want me to read that? Yeah. Chapter twenty-two. He tried to call Lisa as soon as he got home, but she was out with her family. Then, after dinner, he tried to call Anna. The phone rang and rang. He let it ring twenty times. Count the rings. Uh-oh. Then That's his head normal. spinning with frightening images. Images of Brad's furious face. Images of Anna's fear and her leather jacket. Images of Anna falling down endless basement stairs. He hung up. He tried five minutes later, and then five minutes after that, 
letting the phone rings 20 times each call. Dude, let it go. Dude. Speaking as a, <laughs> speaking as a sad boy. Like, B- B- Becca and Kelly referred to him as a sad boy in the last episode. <laughs> as a sad boy. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing a Phoebe fucking Bridger shirt right now. <laughs> I, I feel you. <laughs> let, let it go. <laughs> what if something had happened to her? What if Brad, in his rage, he loves that word, seeing them together in the restaurant had done something to her? No. He couldn't allow himself to think that, but he had to. Brad had already killed once, or so. Anna believed. <laughs> Who is to say that he couldn't kill again? You know what I was just Why thinking? Didn't they moved to a rancher. <laughs> I really, I, I miss the character of Arnie. That's who oh, I miss. Oh, yeah. I miss Arnie. We need more Arnie. We need more world. Arnie. Standing with his red face pressed against the restaurant window, his eyes bugging out, his mouth twisted in fury, Brad had certainly looked like someone who could kill. See, she's definitely the killer. Yes. She She's Willa. She killed her sister, Anna. Oh. She took over Anna, and Brad's like, she's a fucking killer. Brad, Don't get close to her, because she's a killer. Uh, she's He's trying uh, to protect everyone, yeah. probably, I think. I think you're right. Think, and he's like, Anna's uh, dead, because Anna's dead. This is Willa, this is the Willa. crazy yeah. killer you're, girl. You're, you're totally right. You've I better it. be. They're twin sisters. Sure. That's why, the, that's why her picture was in the paper. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. Yeah. She Twin did sisters. say that, well, I everything she just said was a lie, but yeah, she said that they look similar. Twin sisters. Yeah. Okay. All right. Corey, or close enough. <laughs> Corey picked up the phone and ignoring his trembling hand, dialed the Corwin house again. Someone <gasps> picked up on the sixth ring. He counted. Yeah. Corey recognized the harsh voice. Brad, I know Anna's there. Put her on the phone. Anna isn't anywhere. Anna is dead. The phone clicked off. Brad had hung up on him. What did Brad mean? Was Anna really dead now? Had Brad just killed her? Uh, boy. This is like Jesus, chapter dude. five. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, no, this was just another of Brad's sick, twisted fantasies. Or was it? Corey realized he had no choice. He pulled on his jacket, ran down the stairs, two at a time, tripped, fell, and he grabbed the car keys from the front entrance table. Hey! Wait, did he fall or did you make that? <laughs> oh, well, it made me happy. Thank you. Hey, where are you going? His mom called. He mumbled an answer. He wasn't sure what he said. He pulled the front door, closed behind him, and a few seconds later, he was speeding through a thick, wet fog. Driving blindly, he killed three people. With Anna's face, his only guidepost, driving once again to Fear Street. We have a title. <laughs> Anna, be alive, he said to himself. Please, be alive, be alive, be alive, be alive, be alive. The windshield wipers, clearing the wet fog from the glass, clicked the rhythm to his words. Be alive, be alive, oh be God. alive. So Stephen Stephen Sondheim has written this book now. <laughs> I knew we'd get the best references with you as a guest. It's all I have, dude. <laughs> Where am I? The right side. Uh, yeah. Okay. The drive seemed to take hours. Finally, he pulled up the long gravel drive to the Corwin house and squealed to a stop. 
Not turning off the engine or the lights, he threw open the car door and ran up to the porch. He stopped at the front door, raised his hand and knocked, and heard a loud scream. A scream of anger, of fury. He's come for me! Let me go! <laughs> She's alive, he thought. And without hesitating, he pushed open the heavy wooden front door and burst into the house. He found himself in a dark, narrow entranceway with a small coat closet along the wall. He inhaled the powerful smell of mothballs. Beyond the entranceway was the living room, lighted only by a small, flickering fire in the fireplace. Lighted? Lighted. Let me go, uh, he heard Anna scream. Gotta get that word count in. <laughs> He's come to see me! Me! <laughs> of his, all people! His heart, not you, Brad! His heart pounding, Corey ran into the living room. There on the floor in front of the fireplace, Anna and Brad appeared to be locked in a desperate fight. She was sitting on his chest, struggling to remove his arms from around her waist so that she could stand up. Um... She managed to pin his arms down, but Brad reached up a hand and pushed under her chin until her head was snapped back. Then he quickly rolled out from under her and gave her a hard shove that sent her sprawling toward the fire. With a loud groan, he climbed to his feet, prepared to attack again. Corey hurtled across the room, his arms outstretched, ready to help Anna any way he could. Dude, you're a gymnast. Oh, wait. Did I do that right? <coughs> Bless you. Uh, Thank yeah, you. Yeah, no, yep, I think Is that right? Okay. Doing a triple somersault through the air, he landed on his feet and made a karate pose. <laughs> Hearing Corey approach, Brad turned around, startled. But he, but he turned too late. Corey leapt onto his back, doing another double somersault. Corey drove a fist into Brad's side, and both of them fell to the floor and began wrestling to get the advantage. Oh, Corey, you're here! Anna cried, recovering and moving away from the fire. Brad swung around, trying to land a punch in Corey's midsection, but Corey scrambled away and the punch went wild. Get out of here! Brad shouted, saliva dripping down his chin like a good actor, his small eyes wild with rage. You don't know what you're doing. You don't want to be here. Too late, Corey cried. He lowered his head and rammed it into Brad's chest. Like a goat. Brad cried out and staggered backward. Oh, help me, Corey, please, help me. Anna was shrieking from the corner of the room. She was holding her hands over her ears as if trying to shut out a deafening sound. But Corey and Brad were scuffling in silence now. Brad was soft and not very powerful, but he was bigger than Corey and seemed to be more experienced at fighting. He spun Corey around and shoved him hard into the wall. Dazed, Corey dropped all fours and tried to shake it off, but Brad leapt quickly onto his back and began pulling his head back. What? Jesus. <laughs> my neck! You're going to break my neck! My back! My pussy and my crack! <laughs> Corey screamed. But his cries made Brad pull back even harder. Yeah, dude. All right. More experience than fighting. Just say an experienced fighter. Fuck. Go to journalism school. <laughs> help me, Corey. Oh, help me. Anna continued to scream, wedging herself tightly in the corner of the room. Still pulling Corey's head back, Brad lifted Corey to his feet. Corey struggled to breathe. Help him. He realized he was about right? to go under, about to lose consciousness. The pain made it so hard to move, so hard to think. Somehow he grabbed a vase off the table beside uh -oh. the couch, because of course there is. Yeah. It was heavy and nearly slipped from his hand, but with one last burst of strength, he brought the vase down hard over Brad's head. Brad's eyes shut tightly from the pain. He uttered a short cry. That 
Oh, sorry. He uttered a short cry but faded as he dropped to the floor. Corey, gasping for air, took a step back, trying to ready himself for Brad's next onslaught. But it didn't come. Brad fell heavily onto the floor and didn't move. He was unconscious. Before before Corey could regain his balance, which he should have because he's a gymnast. You, <laughs> <laughs> Plot hole. Anna, Anna was in his arm. She threw his arms around him, nearly knocking him over, and pressed his face against his, which is dangerous because she had a lit cigarette in her mouth. <laughs> thank you. Oh, she whispered. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I knew you would come. I knew it. Corey's heart was pounding so hard, it felt about to explode. His chest heaved as he struggled to catch his breath. His muscles ached from the strain of the fight. Dude, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> and, he began to and he began to feel stick to his stomach. I knew it would come. Oh, I knew it. <laughs> Anna repeated, pressing up against him. We, we, we've got to call the police, Corey said, trying to back away from her grasp, trying to calm himself. Slow his breathing. Thank you for saving me! Thank you! Oh! Her breath was hot against his cheek. He looked down at Brad, still sprawled unconscious on the carpet. Anna, please! We've got to move quickly! Brad won't be out for long! Corey pleaded. He wasn't sure Anna was hearing him. We've got to get you away from here! We've got to make sure you're safe from him! Yes! She whispered. <laughs> yes! She, she took his hands and started to pull him toward the stairway in the front hall. Come with me, Corey. We're alone now. He can't bother us. She kissed his cheek, his forehead, his pussy, and his crack. She gave him a devilish look. Come to my room, Corey. He can't bother us now. No, Anna, please. We've got to call the police, he insisted. Her eyes were wild, unreal, like big blue buttons. Her face seemed to glow with excitement. Anna, Brad will wake up soon. We can't. She pulled him up the creaking, uneven stairs. We have to celebrate, Corey. You and me. Come. A sexy, inviting smile spread across her face. Her eyes grew even wider, even more opaque. Does he know what that <sighs> word means? No, he just found it in the <laughs> gave in. He was horny. He realized he couldn't resist her. He started to follow her up the stairs. I want to show you something, Corey. She said as they reached the landing. What? What is it, Anna? This, she said. The smile faded instantly from her face. Her eyes narrowed. She reached down to a low table in the narrow hallway and picked something up. In her hand. What was it? Becca, what is it? Becca, what was it? What was it, Becca? What was it? Uh, 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 right page. Huh? Right page. Right page? Uh, wait, you went back up a page. What was it? Corey had trouble making it out in the dimly lit hallway. She held it up. It was a silver letter opener shaped like a dagger. <laughs> Sharp as a dagger, too, from the looks of it. <laughs> Anna. Corey felt the fear well up in his chest. This will take care of Brad, she said. Whoa. She plunged it through the air. A practice swing. <laughs> you don't swing. Don't swing. Stop, stop. <laughs> <laughs> it's a downward motion, Robert. <laughs> 
no, Corey yelled. I won't let you. I won't let anyone stand in my way, she said. Not even you. She raised the letter opener above her head. She moved toward him, brandishing it like a knife. It is, it sounds like. It's a knife. <laughs> it is literally a knife. In the shadowy light, her face became hard, frightening, ugly with hate. Put that down, he cried, backing up, confused, not sure this was really happening. Hadn't he just saved her? Wasn't she just in his arms, thanking him, inviting him up to her room? Anna, what are you doing? Stop, we have to call the police. Her eyes were clear and cold. She didn't respond. He didn't seem... Wait, she didn't respond, didn't seem to hear him. She swung the letter opener down fast, trying to stab him in the chest. Corey leapt backwards. The blade missed him by less than an inch. She lunged forward, raising the blade again, preparing for another tack. He backed up, raising his hands to fend her off. Anna, what are you doing? Anna, please listen to me. His back, he realized, was against an open window. He had no room to move now. <clears throat> she moved quickly forward, thrusting the silver blade in front of her. He tried to move back, dodge out of the way, perhaps another double somersault. She lunged at him. He tried to jump out of the way, lost his balance, and fell back out the open window. <clears throat> Chapter 23 It was as if it were happening in slow motion. First he felt his feet leave the floor. Then he saw the black sky and felt the shock of the cold night air on his face. Then he knew he was falling, falling backward, falling down, head first. Instinctively, his legs bent. He caught them around the windowsill. He was a gymnast after all, he told himself. I did not ad-lib it, oh. but it said. He had skills. He just had to use them. Why else did he train all these years to become Batman? <laughs> he had to use them or die. The backs of his knees hit the windowsill. He clamped his legs tightly and held on. Then he swung himself up, using the strong stomach muscles he had developed through the years of practice. Why didn't he use he his skills the last time he went out a window? I know, the last time he went out a window, he was just like, whoopsie daisy, <laughs> yeah. and like fell. He flipped himself up until his head was upright, then slid easily back into the hallway. Anna hadn't moved. She stood in the hallway. Okay, so what just happened was Anna tried to stab him. He fell backwards out a window caught himself with Wait, his on the same window with his knees and then just like whooped back into the window <laughs> and so I'm she's just standing there like this holding a letter up and her like what the fuck like what can just I just happens? say I'm I'm like really entertained the fact that like RL sign is treating the a, a letter opener like it's a broadsword <laughs> <laughs> she gripped it with both hands and swung mightily all right, uh, here we go. Well, it's a short-ass chapter. Read both sides. That's Open. Not me. Oh. Uh, sorry, it's me. It's me. Oh, it's, it's Chris. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. It it, it 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 went from the other page. She stood in the hallway, holding. The letter opener in front of her, staring blankly at the window, thinking about how she'd once sold out Madison Square Garden. <laughs> Quarry did a front flip across, dude. <laughs> Quarry did a front flip across the hallway and kicked the letter opener from her head. What? <laughs> what the fuck? Okay, so the shit that Chris was making up the last chapter is now just happening. Like, ha, poof, ha. wait, do I have powers? You do. 
They're bad. <laughs> he They're not good powers. He just saw Kickboxer 2 the day before. <laughs> <laughs> she shrieked and seemed to come out of her shock. He landed on her feet. He landed on his feet and stared at her. Her face, which had been expressionless at the moment, was at the window, filled with anger. With a desperate cry, a wild animal cry of attack. Ugh, again! She lunged at him. Dodging at his side, he grabbed her as she moved past him. He spun her around and pulled her arms behind her back. Let me go! Oh! Let me go! Oh! <laughs> she screamed, but she was light and weak, no match for him. He held her, her arms firmly behind her back and began to move forward, pushing her to the stairs. She struggled with all her strength. Shrieking and cursing him. He started to pull her down the stairs when he heard a sound. Looking down, he saw to his horror that Brad had revived. Brad was coming up the stairs after him. Corey was trapped. At this point, wouldn't you maybe think, like, just, like, oh, Brad's fine. But, well, see, I mean, Corey, Corey's been working on his gymnast skills for so long. He can't yeah. think. Yeah, that, there's all... no indication that this character would have figured. Dude, that have out. you seen the document? <laughs> have you seen the documentary about how they treat gymnasts? I mean, really, Bella Caroli. He's a he's a monster. <laughs> uh, st stay away, Brad. Stay away. Corey heard himself shouting. He wasn't making any sense. Why would Brad stay away? <laughs> I warned you. Brad called up wearily. He was halfway up the stairs. Anna struggled to free herself, but Corey held on tight. He looked back at the open window. For a brief moment, he considered dropping Anna or tossing her down at Brad, then leaping out the window. <laughs> Again, the second or twice. Uh. Yeah. I tried window. to I tried to frighten you away, Brad said, climbing toward him slowly, deliberately, just use one word. I tried to scare you, <laughs> but you kept getting involved with her. Go away, Brad! Oh! Anna screamed. <laughs> Brad took one step closer. Anna struggled. Corey tightened his grip. I just wanted to keep you safe from her, Brad said. Uh, there it is. There it is. There it is. Before I read I'm my page. doing a victory dance. Becca's doing a victory dance, and John, someone wants to say hi. Hi, Dusty. <laughs> I love you. You're the... Yeah, uh, I, by the way, I just want to say for the audience at home... Like, 90% of my time on the internet is spent <laughs> stalking John, John and Becca's cats. Uh. <laughs> oh, Dusty. Mm. Dusty, it's your biggest fan. <laughs> he doesn't he's care because he's a bastard. He's adorable, but he's a dick. Oh, man, John, I was... John Nagel, John. <laughs> I was just going to send you a picture to the group or the Facebook messenger chat we have, mm -hmm. the three of us, uh, just a picture of Dusty. And the last thing in this chat was uh, John Nagel posting a picture of the No Time to Die poster for April 2020 saying, oh. we're going right, and Jonathan saying, yes! It's so sad, it hurts. What, it hurts what were we, what, what, That was, what were we that was February, February 1st. Oh my god, that's we right! We thought in oh April we were going to see James Bond. Oh, <sighs> uh, what a simpler time. In a different timeline, we would have seen James Dude. Bond by now. And Fast and Furious. Uh, god damn it. Fuck! <laughs> and Top, and top, and gun, top two, gun 2. Which I... Uh, 
which, by the way, I just want to... You have it in recording. I will be wearing my goddamn flight suit. Oh, yeah. that movie. And I will I'm be... looking forward to it. <laughs> Sweep <laughs> openly. Yeah. <laughs> openly. Oh, God. Okay, so... Not like... But not not while reading Fierce. No, no. This does, I mean, this makes me weep for different reasons. Brad wanted to keep Corey safe from her. Aha! Shut up, Brad! I'll kill you too! Oh! Anna shrieked. With a burst of strength, she pulled out of Corey's grasp. She dived for the letter opener, but Corey caught her again and pulled her back. She was light and weak. <laughs> like a girl. Like a girl. Like a ghost girl. Brad sat down on the top step and rubbed the back of his head. Corey suddenly realized that Brad had no intention of fighting him. Want to know the whole story? Oh, <coughs> that hurt me to do. <laughs> oh, boy, Brad asked Corey. You're not gonna like it. Shut up, Brad! Shut up! Oh! Anna cried. I've been telling you the truth. Anna is dead. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! She isn't Anna. She's Willa. She's Anna's sister. Corey was so stunned, he nearly let her go. He was the only one who hadn't figured it out. When Anna fell down the stairs and died, Mom... Excuse me a minute. <coughs> uh, now I can talk better. Mom and I suspected <laughs> that it wasn't an accident, that Willa had pushed her. Brad said... Brad said, rubbing the bump on his head. She was always insanely jealous of Anna. Anna had everything. Anna was beautiful. A Anna had a million friends. She well, got... clearly Willa looks like shit. <laughs> like, he keeps talking about how she's the most beautiful girl he's ever seen. Yeah. All, all I can think about now is, like, remember that, like, early 2000s teen pop also ran Willa Ford? No. That, that name sounds familiar. Willa Ford? Anyone? I want to be bad. <laughs> Make it feel so good. Something, something, never thought I could. <laughs> it's like, it's like ringing that vague bell where my brain is like, you heard it, but you forgot it. And I didn't. I'm, I'm, I am lonely and single. <laughs> uh, Anna was beautiful. She had a million friends. She got straight A's without having to study hard. Willa, Willa couldn't compete in any way. And Anna never let her forget it. Okay, Anna maybe had it coming. Well, that's pretty rude, I mean. <clears throat> Shut up, Brad! I mean it! Oh! But I couldn't prove that Willa had killed Anna, and Mom isn't well. She's not... <laughs> Where the fuck is your mom? I knew she couldn't survive losing <sighs> both of her daughters, so I never did anything about Willa. After Anna's so-called accident, Willa seemed to be okay. Brad continues, his voice soft and shaky, so soft. Corey had to struggle to hear. Sorry, what? But I kept close watch over her. We moved here. I hoped the new surroundings would help us all forget about the tragedy of losing Anna. It was a stupid thing to hope for. <laughs> You're correct. Shut up, Brad. You're <laughs> stupid. You've always been <laughs> stupid. Willa shrieked. Oh, I should have shrieked that. Good one. Good comeback. Still strugg struggling to free herself from Corey's grasp. Like I said, Willa actually seemed okay once we moved here. Oh, sorry. I thought that was her yelling again. 
Brad told Corey, ignoring his sister's outburst. At least she acted perfectly normal at home. But, <clears throat> but when you started coming around asking for Anna, I began to suspect what Willa was doing. I noticed that she started to dress like Anna and talk like her. I tried to scare you away, Corey. I did my best to keep you from getting involved with her. I figured out that she was calling herself Anna at school, that she was trying to slip into Anna's identity. I'm going to kill you! Willa shrieked, <laughs> her eyes on the letter opener. I knew I should have... Sorry, it said our internet was bad. I knew I should have gotten Willa professional help, Brad said sadly. Yep. But we just couldn't afford it. Well, you know, healthcare in this America. country is fucking what are you awful. Do? I was foolish. I should have done something for Willa. Anything. Your also, your mom probably could have had a hand in it. Yeah, it seems like your mom um, did jack shit. Yeah. God damn it! I keep going to the next page. Uh, I'm going to kill. Wait. Yes, I'm going to kill you too. <laughs> Willa screamed. I'm going to kill you both. <laughs> I know she's been making phone calls to you and to that girl who's your friend. I know she's been making all kinds of threats, leading you on, forcing you to meet her, drawing you into her web. To that girl who's your friend, but decidedly not your girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. I guess she can't help herself. Wait just a minute, Corey broke in. I have one little problem with your story, Brad. What about the other night at the dance? That wasn't Anna. I mean... Dramatic pause. Willa who pushed Lisa down the stairs, that was you. Was it, though? Yes. Christopher. Chris, you're muted. Chris, you're muted. Wait. I no. was muted. Oh. <laughs> I told you that was a mistake, Brad said heatedly. I told you in the music room it was all a mistake. I followed Willa to the dance. I figured she was going there to make trouble for you. I wanted to stop her. I waited for her there in the hall. It was dark. I couldn't see much of anything. I thought it was Willa who was hurrying past me. I made a grab for her. I didn't really mean to push her, but she fell. Then, when I got a good look at her, I realized I had grabbed the wrong girl. I watched to make sure she wasn't badly hurt. Then I panicked and hid. I didn't know what to do. I felt terrible about it. I was just trying to protect you from Willa. <laughs> Anna went to the dance, not Willa. Oh, Willa is dead. Oh, Willa broke in. Stop calling me Willa. I'm not Willa. I'm Anna. I'm Anna. I'm Anna. Oh. She began wailing at the top of her lungs. Oh, my Brad God. stood up and held out his arms. Corey handed Willa over to him. She slumped against Brad, exhausted. Call the police, Brad told Corey. We've got to get her some help. Chris, just do the next picture. Oh. Chapter 25. <clears throat> Corey, you've eaten half a chocolate cake, babe. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll save you a slice. He cut himself another large chunk and slid it onto his plate. Like most epilogues, they're eating. He'd been starving ever since he'd left the Corwin's house. Lisa sat down next to him on the leather den couch and watched him eat. So that's the whole story? He swallowed a mouthful of icing. Yeah, that's all of it, he said, suddenly no longer feeling hungry. And I was right about the dead cat and the phone calls. It was all Anna. No, all Willa, he corrected her. But yeah, you were right. He frowned and put the plate on the coffee table. Another horror story from the folks on Fear Street, he said bitterly. We have a title. An actual line in this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Unsettled, 
<laughs> he felt unsteady, shaky, as if he might burst out screaming or crying. You know, like <laughs> Nicolas Cage <laughs> in any given time of day. <laughs> <laughs> he stared at the wall, trying to get himself together. He... Oops, sorry. Oh. He was experiencing so many feelings at once, he couldn't sort them out. She put a hand gently on his shoulder. When it comes to girlfriends, babe, you sure know how to pick them, she said. <laughs> he, he sighed. Yeah, maybe from now on I should let you pick them for oh, me. Shit. You want to start and left behind? <laughs> her hand went up to her face. She rubbed the back of her hand tenderly over his cheek. Maybe I should, babe, she said softly. He turned and looked at her. Got anyone in mind? Oh, God. Their faces were inches apart. He, he moved forward to fill in the inches. She kissed him. A long kiss. A sweet kiss. Maybe, babe, she said. Zip. <laughs> and <laughs> about the author. <laughs> Wait, I just want to be like... Arnold Stein! I just to be like, dot, dot, dot. He says, who? Because <laughs> it's her. No one laughed. Becca wasn't listening. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> what did you say? Say it again. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> it, the moment's passed. Did you guys know... Yes. That R.L. Stein is the author of more than 70 books oh. of humor, adventure, and mystery for young people. It says readers. it right there. Humor. In recent years. <laughs> in, in never recent noticed. Years, he, he's been concentrating on scary thrillers such as this one, which, okay. Mm -hmm. For 10 years, he was, the, he was the editor of Bananas, a Woody Allen fan magazine, <laughs> a national humor magazine for young people. <laughs> In addition to magazine and book writing, he is currently head writer of the children's TV show Eureka's Castle. There yep. it is. He he lives in New York City with his wife Jane and son Matthew, who and they do not live on Fear Street, which again is the title of this franchise. <laughs> Does it really say that they don't live on Fear Street? No. Oh, I'm very no, gullible. It's, no, it's it's fine. It's easy. <laughs> it's easy to make things up. I have a question. Yes. I don't know who Andrew Dice Clay is. I realized I was picturing Andrew W.K. in my head, and I don't know the difference between them. And I didn't want to interrupt the end of the book where <laughs> shit was actually happening to ask. Okay, so, so I'm asking now. Yeah. Who the fuck are they? So I, I heard, I heard, I heard um, Chris say babe after every sentence. And I was like, oh, he's doing... Uh, Dennis Miller, which cool. So I'm a, I'm gonna try to out comedy nerd him, and uh, he was a very obscene uh, comic from the late '80s who you would absolutely hate, Becca. <laughs> like misogynist and wore a leather jacket and um, yeah, he, yeah. He, well, He's... it's it's good to know that my share voice is a good Dennis Miller impression. Oh, that's what you're yeah. doing. You're doing share. <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah. I thought it was. Him. I thought you listened to the like, previous oh. episodes. Oh, then no, I thought you were being. I I just heard Dennis Miller in my head. Well, now I definitely like. I just need to. I I want to add Andrew Dice Clay and Dennis Miller to our rotating roster of voices for children's books. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Oh boy. Uh, Dice is. I think I had a friend open for Dice. Uh, oh really? A while ago. That's awesome. He's playing the Goobies now. Uh, also, so. um. For any listener, I mean, the next book we read won't be the next Fear Street, but for anyone that's interested in the next Fear Street, 
The nightmares never end when you visit Fear Street. <laughs> Next. The surprise party. Ooh. All Meg wanted was to throw a party. A surprise party for her old friend Ellen. But someone had other plans. Someone was determined to stop the party at any cost. Mm-hmm. Now Meg's life is in danger. And the surprise at this party is murder. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that just like the precursor to party games? Yeah, I know. I'm like, did he? is he just like working through his ideas? Yeah. Just Stephen King. Yeah. Just rewrite well, the same story. Party exactly. Games wasn't a surprise party. That's, That's true. true. It, it was, was a birthday party. Oh, I'm so sorry. Completely different. This one's about a surprise party. Well, we yeah. have to read that one so you can They're do an Ellen like... voice the whole time. An Ellen voice? Yeah. For Ellen? <laughs> Wait, what's how do, how do we do an Ellen voice? An Ellen. Did you say Ellen? Yeah. I don't know. Kate McKinnon does Ellen it. Generous? Oh, yeah. Kate McKinnon does do it. We'll have to study Ellen. Hey, uh... Hey, I'm Ellen. Nailed it. Oh yeah, <laughs> things are going well. Things are going well. For I was just her. gonna yeah. say, I I feel like at this point your Ellen um, voice should be like, "Fuck you, assholes," because she's apparently really mean. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like poor people. Yeah. Mm. Um, uh, what was I gonna say? Oh, Andrew Dice Clay. He um got banned from SNL because he hosted one time and like dropped the f bomb a bunch of times uh, live on TV. A bunch. Yeah. He got and he also got one? banned. For, he also got banned. For, he also got banned from MTV for dropping the F-bomb a bunch of times. Too. He just kept going on like live TV and like doing his act, which is really dirty and not censoring He gave it. too many fucks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Chris. And, and now he's actually a really good character actor, and I'm excited to see him. It's like, oh, there's Dice. Is he? <laughs> What's yeah. he been in? Um, a bunch of films by a guy who I probably shouldn't have made a joke about. Uh, he was... He's been in like a bunch of later Woody Allen movies, and I think a, um, the guy who did Silver Linings Playbook, who I can't, David or Russell. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Join us for his best movie is The Adventures. (laughs) His best movie is The Adventures of Ford Fairlane, where he played a private detective to the rock stars. Yes, I I've seen it many times. My favorite line in that movie is him. And the lady protagonist of the movie are climbing down the Capitol Records building. And he says, don't worry, if you fall, I'll get down. (laughs) Join us for our follow-up podcast with John Angle, Throwing Dice, where we talk about Andrew Dice Clay rolls. (laughs) I spent the last, like, five minutes thinking of that. (laughs) It paid off. I'm very available. I am... I am very available right now, I just want to say. Uh, you know? Because, yeah, this is my life at this moment. It's all of our lives. But, uh, for, th- for those of you guys watching, like, qu- oh, not watching, listening, whatever this is, um, quarantine is basically, like, my life before, but on steroids. <laughs> like, this is what being disabled is, only now I can't leave the house at Oof. all. So, awesome! Um... Yay. Yeah. Yay. Bright light. How many times? Um, well, thank you so much, John, for finishing up this book thank with us. Thank you so what much did you for think? having me. What did you think of Fear Street? Ow. Fuck you. Oh. Sorry. Dusty just uh, scratched the mm, shit out of my nice leg. to say to your guest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What did you think? You piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's like, I remi- I'm reminded, like, why I stopped reading mm-hmm. his books mm-hmm. because like 
the covers are great. <laughs> yeah. They are misleading. And then you're like, good. oh. They are. Ba- based on this cover, this is going to be awesome. Yeah, like, I'm in for a which spooky is how treat. I, which is how I used to buy records. Like, I bought the Iron <laughs> Man record because I was like, oh, look at that. <laughs> and that worked out just fine. This is the opposite of that. Where I'm like, the cover's amazing, but you can't you can't back it up because one, it's not very scary, and two, he's a shit writer. Yeah, then the And I'm not being I'm not being snobby McSnobberson here. I just expect competency. Well, no. I'm I'm trying mm-hmm. to remember because I know we've read more of his books than anything else, I feel like. Yeah. And they're so fucking repetitive. Yes. Not even just Fear Street Goosebumps. <laughs> like they're so repetitive constantly. I'm trying to remember, were the Babysitters Clubs or Sweet Valley High like that? In particular, no, R.L. So. Stein ways. Yeah. Well, Arlstein... it's just the same character repeating the same sentence to himself over and over in any given scene, but then the same scenes happening over and over throughout multiple chapters. Arlstein has, I think, a very specific problem that we have like he... encountered like in almost every single book, except maybe Party Games, because it was like the most recent thing we've read of his, so maybe mm. he has <laughs> evolved in some ways as a writer. But like at least in these older ones... He's not even reached his final form. His... his <laughs> His <laughs> shtick really seems to be like, I've got one idea. It's for the end of the book. Mm-hmm. Let's figure out how to start the book. And then I've got to fill about 80 to 180 pages, depending on if it's for kids or teenagers, before that thing that I thought of well, happens. Yeah, there's no B story. No. There's nothing else that happens. Yeah. But that's what, like, that's why he needs... This is why where like he needed a syndicate he needed he needed like a syndicate like where he would like be the idea guy and then pass it off to a writer he hired yeah. to do the actual writing. Yeah, I've been because... spoiled by the quality of Sweet Valley High. Like everything just seems <laughs> yeah. like shit now. Even the so normal friend... books I read. A friend of mine's friend wrote those books wrote a bunch of those what? books and said it was the easiest shot. Yeah. She said the job was rad. And I was like, reading reading R.L. Stein's books, I could write this. Oh, like, for sure. Oh. Oh. I guess that's what he does. You have to you'll have to look up some clips of him. I mean it just says I'll, I'll post it on <laughs> Yeah. yeah it's, it's basically the um the uh You talking you two to me podcast, you popping my stones. <laughs> like that's his voice, but like yeah, I, I don't know. I'm I'm disappointed in you, jovial Bob Stein. <laughs> I can't wait to I get think... that book of computer <laughs> jokes that I bought tonight. <laughs> my mom, my my mom is cleaning out their house, mm. and I, maybe they still, maybe it's still over there. That would be amazing. <laughs> we'll take any old children's books that you don't want to keep. Oh, and speaking of um, speaking of Scholastic Book Fair, I have the movie novelization of The Cable Guy. <laughs> nice. Which, but that's not for when kids. Movies did that. That that movie yeah, was came so out dark. Like a month before the movie would. <laughs> I know, and I couldn't. I wasn't allowed to see the movie, so I bought the book. Like people complain about spoilers on the internet now. Like they used to come out with an entire novel of the movie. 
like a month or two before the movie would even come out. <laughs> for the for the kids. Yeah. For the kids. So, uh, yeah. where'd, where'd, where'd Jonathan go? He went go? to the bathroom. There he is. Hi, back. Oh, there he is. Trying to wrap this shit up, I was just telling down. Chris that, uh, um, what were you guys talking about? John was just saying something. At the, at the Scholastic Book Fair, because Becca was talking about it, I bought the movie novelization of The Cable Guy. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. And my parents, it's probably still in my parents' house. Was somewhere. that for kids? That, right? It was for kids. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. That's intense. I know. And I wasn't allowed to see the movie, but I bought the book because, like, my parents had this weird thing where they were very protective over the music and the movies and the TV we consumed, but we could read whatever the hell we wanted. <laughs> That's wait, like, so, like there's I worse could... shit in books. I could not watch The Godfather, but I read The Godfather from the phone. And it is way worse. Yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) You can basically write whatever you want. want, They don't want the TV to traumatize you. They want you to be able to traumatize yourself. And books aren't rated. So it's not like when you go to the library, you can't check out an R-rated book. Yeah. And Back in my day, we weren't corrupted by media. We had to corrupt ourselves with our imagination. Like I, I, I haven't read that American w- Psycho, but I have heard that the book American Psycho is like so, so, so much worse. Like there's shit in there that there's no way they could ever do in a movie. Oh, well, that's Brad Easton Ellis in a nutshell. Okay. Like all of his books are like, whoa. Okay. <laughs> Rad. Well, that's also like Chuck Palahniuk. Most <laughs> of Chuck Palahniuk, I, I read, and I'm just like, ugh. I kind of wish I hadn't <laughs> read that. <laughs> I got turned on to him late, and I'm kind of glad I did. To, like, miss the hype train. Because I'm like, oh, oh, I'm, like, 25, so (laughs) this doesn't... Like, if I read him when I was 15, I was already product... I was problematic enough at that age. (laughs) (laughs) I read read Choke when I was a teenager, and I didn't like it, and I haven't tried to read it again as an adult, but I love a lot of his other books. I feel like I should try that one again. I was just gonna say I I check I find Chuck Palahniuk very very hit or miss. Like either I think, like a book is amazing or it's like, kind of garbage. I don't know. I like, think I only read uh, Rant. Ugh, that's the best one, in my yeah. opinion. I need I I, I should probably reread because I have like, it's been a while. It like has been a while. So, but I just remember I think I read Fight Club. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, okay, this is fine. Well, but, Fight Club is, you know. it's really good, but it's also exactly like the movie, almost. Yeah. So if you've seen the movie and then you read it, you're just like, okay. There's almost nothing in the book that's that's <laughs> not in the movie. Like, yeah. that, that movie is, like, a, that, a very, like, word-for-word word adaptation. It's a adaptation, yeah. It's not like Forrest Gump, where, like, the book is nothing like the movie at all. <laughs> I don't even know if I knew that that was based on a book. Me neither. Dude, holy shit, it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. In the book, he, like, goes to the moon and shit, right? What? Yeah, he does. <laughs> he sees Raquel Welch naked for some reason. What? Um, what is this, Seinfeld? Lucky. He's, like, 400 pounds. What? Yeah, it's it's bizarre. That's weird. Well, um... And my parents... My parents bought it for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I was just going to say... What was I going to say? Oh, I was going to wrap it up. Okay. I was going to wrap up the <laughs> Go show. for it. Um, I, I have nothing to plug. Yeah. Well, well. <laughs> first we ask our guest, John, what do you have to plug? What do you want people listening to this to uh, know about you? Um, I am just basically sitting in the lovely palatial stately toxic manner. <laughs> uh, pretty much 24 hours a day right now, but uh, I have... In, in, I have Twitter, uh, JNagle4, uh, where I write about disability stuff and mostly semi-intellectual bullshit about wrestling and or old Hollywood. <laughs> and, um, yeah, oh, and listen to the new Phoebe fucking Bridgers album, because it's really good. And it helps my sad boy heart. <laughs> I think that's what Kelly plugged last time. Probably. That sounds right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm a huge fan. Like, I, I, I refer her in the first... I, I, we're on a first day yeah, basis yeah. now. Like we were, like we were, like we were, um, like we were, football teammates at Yale. Or something. <laughs> and whenever this pandemic bullshit is over and we can all go back out in public safely and do things like a normal society again, uh, if you get a chance to catch John Eagle stand up act, go do it. Cause... Well, and also in the meantime, yeah, he's oh... doing like webcast comedy shows. Oh right, Zoom shows. Zoom yeah. shows. Yeah, which by the way, which by the way, has really helped me out because like most of the places aren't accessible right. at all. <laughs> as you know, Chris is a fellow stand-up. Um, yeah. So, so check Baltimore. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, check out John Eagle stand-up. Um, you can follow uh, me and all the things at John Brack. And you can find my other podcast, CD Reads, where me and Kelly talk about romance novels, and we're recording new episodes soon, so we'll actually have some new stuff soon. Yay! Recording on Sunday. That's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, that is awesome. And me and Chris and uh, our friend John Walker are recording more sketches next week for our show, The Sketchy Show, which uh, I think John Yay. Walker is an unofficial <laughs> host of now. Which... And by the way, by the way, John Walker is also my podcast partner. Oh right, on our yeah. show. Oh, it's John. <laughs> oh, ah, it's John. Full circle. Uh, and by the way, I also want. I also gave you an assist on the last one because I provided dangerous but worth the risk. Wait, what? I gave you that rat song. Oh yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah, on the last episode of the Sketchy Show, uh, for the 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 toilet fatheads commercial, I I reached out to John <laughs> to find music for it because I had a really specific thing in mind. Where I was like, all right, I'm doing this commercial <laughs> where it's two boring people talking, and then if it was a commercial that you could see, imagine like the wall explodes and two cool guys like jump in and start screaming at them and I pro want, wrestlers like, they, they were pro, pro wrestlers they were pro, pro wrestlers, wrestlers. <laughs> and i was like i want like badass like 80s hair metal like wrestling type music and you were just like here's this rat song was it instantaneous because that's what i'm picturing <laughs> it was instantaneous he, he sent me yep. i think i said i keep thinking of the song round and round but i don't want to use it and you're like that song sucks use this one and i was like it's perfect <laughs> <laughs> It was amazing. Like, 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 literally, like, literally half of my pandemic in between waves of depression has been people who are like, I really like that Round and Round song in the Geico commercial. And I'm like, it's the, it's the worst fucking song. <laughs> Holy shit. That's great. 
Listen to rat. Listen to rat. They make me very happy. That's a jazz plug. Listen uh, to rat. They're great. They're great. And uh, and they're nice guys. Go read my my comics on Cactus Rodeo and DayJobComic.com. I'll make new ones eventually. I'll make new ones sometime. That's fine. There's plenty. I love those. There's, man. there's plenty of comics on there for you to read if you haven't read them. So. That's our show, and uh, come back next time. Ooh, next time on Below Grade Level, I believe... No, we definitely are, because I bought it. We're reading <laughs> Babysitter's Club number two, Claudia and the Phantom Phone Calls. Oh, I, I thought the next one. one was The Secret. That's the third one. Oh. The next Sweet Valley High one is The Secret. Oh. Sweet Valley High number two is called The Secret. Babysitter's Club number three is called... Stacy's secret, secret oh, okay. or the, like the problem with Stacy or something oh. like that. <laughs> the trouble with Stacy. Is that we the have one to talk where about Stacy? <laughs> is that the? <laughs> That's the one where she reveals what's going on with her, yeah. right? We all know which, which already. Which I know it's it's gonna be very anticlimactic. I know. We all, we know she has fucking diabetes. <laughs> it's di- it's just diabetes. She's diabetes. Got diabetes. First of all, telegraphed pretty hard. Second of all, we've known it for years. <laughs> So, uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. Dedicated to Wilford Brimley. Jo- oh. <laughs> R.I.P. Rest in power. Rest in power. Thanks for coming, John. And uh, we'll have you going again for a better book, hopefully. <laughs> Which is what I always I say. would love that. I am down, and and hopefully we can do a movie podcast, too. At yes. Also that. that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, cool. All right. Well, oh, take care. We love you. Bye. Bye. Thanks, guys. Be safe. Below Grade Level is a Cactus Radio production. You can contact us at podcast at cactusrodeo.com. Subscribe and follow on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. And follow Cactus Rodeo on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for more entertainment and updates.